Hello everyone, I'm Ryan Cashminer and with me I have I guess Ethan Hartman here. And today in our podcast, we're just gonna be talking about how the colonists came to America and was it justified and talking about the indigenous people and how they fought against Um, so for the first interview, Ethan, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Um, first question I'm going to ask you is, uh, how do colonizers colonize and how does it work? Well, the process is pretty simple. So what they begin with is just like an initial, like looking out for the land, I think. And then after that, the colonizers would come over to the land and then just settle down there and then at that point it could be called a colony if it can sustain itself um second question is uh explain why america became important to britain okay so america started to create their own economy and started to be able to sustain itself and became less dependent on great britain and then uh britain kind of became aware of america through that all right last question is were the colonists justified in breaking away from great britain and so explain. Um, yeah, I think that their justification was decent because a lot of it was ideological reasons. Like, um, I can't think of any right now, but some personal reasons would have been stuff like high taxes. And an ideological reason, as an example, would be like to have more... Uh, freedom in like terms of religion and what people can do. All right, now I believe it's your turn to ask me questions. All right, interview two. Here we go. So. How do indigenous people resist colonialism? Um, I said that um, they caused riots and they fought back. It definitely wasn't. They just laid over and let the um, colonists do whatever they want. Uh, for example, this would be uh, the Pueblo Revolt. And it's just all around all the time because um, that was their land and they don't want to get taken from them. So obviously they're going to fight back and try to uh, push the colon- um, colonizers away. All right, next question. Um, identify and explain the interaction between the different social groups in America and describe what life was like between the groups. So uh, the rich treated the poor horribly. And uh, another thing was it was a big um, big thing between white people and colored people. Um, the white people just completely treated the colored people so horribly. And it was, it was really awful. And honestly... Um, that's why America has such a dark past because a lot of our past was a lot about slavery and uh, treating people horribly and um, I guess we can use that to really see that uh, we can use that to really see that um, what we, we came from and that we should try to be better and not be like that again 
All right, next question is a bit broader. It is, when are revolutions justified? Um, I'd say that revolutions are justified if, um, if your people are being oppressed um, or you just another group of people is just taking away your natural rights or they're just completely changing the way you live against your will. At that point, I think it's okay to fight back because you're just fighting for your way of life and they're um, intruding on it. And I feel like you have the right to get your get your life back from them. And um, I'd say some evidence that we have from that is like slave revolts um, and then indigenous peoples, their revolts. Because the, um, the white people were taking away all their rights and um, it's just that was their way of getting it back. Okay, final couple questions. Uh, what was the Pueblo Revolt? Um, the Pueblo Revolt was basically a uh, indigenous people like fighting back against the, um, the white people, the colonists. Um, it was successful for a bit, but later then the Indians were tried in Spanish courts and punished harshly. So to say I was successful would be an, um, kind of a stretch because for a while it was successful, but towards the end it just got really bad. And honestly, it, uh, good, good things come to an end, and that's just a big, uh, big example of that. All right. Um, the first one is how do colonizers colonize and how does it work? Um, Colonizers colonize land by just taking it over and cleared out all the people and making it their own and just importing their own stuff to completely turn the land back into what it was like back in the like home country. All right. Now, next question. Explain why America became important to Britain. America became important to Britain because uh, America's economy shot upwards and they had products that Britain needed. Um, so they really became a big trading partner uh, with Britain and also um, they're the main source of tax income. All right, final question for me. Were the colonists justified in breaking away from Great Britain? I'd say they were. Um, they're facing a lot of prosecution, and they kind of wanted the, their own way of living. And so I think they have the ability to, like, break away from Britain and uh, live their own life. I think that it. I think that reasoning is pretty justified. Back to the other set of questions. Um, how do indig indigenous people resist colonialism? So indigenous people can resist colonialism mostly from fighting back when the when colonists try to like advance onto their land, take it over, stuff like that. They have to make action to fight back against them, one way or another. And a lot of the time, they tend to be a bit underpowered compared to the colonists, but, like, they can help resist it by, um, by going, like, sometimes maybe 
taking down the taking down like their buildings that they build or like destroying all their crops and stuff. All right. Um, identify and explain the interaction between the different social groups in early America and describe what life was like between the groups. All right. So early America, I like to think of it as having four different classes. The highest class is going to consist of the high class elites. They own lots of land and spend money on personal goods. And then the middle class are usually skilled workers like craftsmen or jewelers who are self-sustained pretty well. And then working class would be indentured servants and unskilled workers. And so like indentured servants that come from Europe and stuff and then have to work on people's farms through contracts. And then the, I think of the the lowest class, social class, as the as slaves because they were known as property of the higher classes. All right, good answer. Good answer. Um, when are revolutions justified? So revolutions are justified. This is highly dependent on the situation, of course, but like if. A group feels that they are being oppressed one way or another, like maybe in terms of uh, speech, free speech against the current like governing system or not being able to practice certain things because it is against whatever the government's policies are against that, then if they cannot protest that to the government, then I think the only way to to catch the attention of the government would be to revolt some way or another. So I think that's when a revolution is justified, when the when the government won't listen to their citizens. Uh, the last question we have here is, uh, what was the Pueblo Revolt and uh, was it successful? So the Pueblo Revolt, like you said, was a revolt from natives in the in the US where they tried to revolt against the colonists and and it was and it ended up being successful for a little bit but then ended up going downhill with time and eventually um dwindled out So that brings us to our second segment. Um, American origins. Um, all right. So the first question we have to talk about here is um what have you learned that supports how we see ourselves today as a country? And I'll start off with this one saying that um I think that we learn about our past and it's really a dark past. And I feel like that if we understand what happened and why, why it was wrong, um, then we can really understand that we really got to try and steer away from that, like thinking and that we see ourselves as a, uh, not a perfect country, like a stained country, I guess you can say, like we had our ups and downs. Um, 
And I feel like that we understand that we're not a perfect country and that our the path we want to go down is just a path trying to get better and more equal for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I can agree with a lot of the points that you said. So I do like how you said America came from a darker past. And what we learned about the past now is helping me and many others understand the the scope of the United States today and how it how it plays a role in the world because a lot of those original documents you can see are still in action today keeping America stable and helping America be one of the most stable countries in the world right now even through all the problems that it has yeah and I feel like that we've done a great job staying away from the racial I mean there's still I guess you can still say there's racial oppression in the world it's obviously evident sometimes, but we definitely have stood away from like the slavery and the, the colonialism aspect of uh, how we came to be. And I feel like um, the courts have gotten a lot better because back then the courts were really uh, lenient towards some crimes. And I feel like the country itself become more fair for everybody. And um, second question is, uh, what have you learned that doesn't match with what we think of ourselves as America? And how does it conflict? And I'm going to give this question off to you to start. Okay, so there's a lot of things that don't match now that not, that were in the past. So, like, for example, like you said earlier, the, the courts, they were a lot more, let's say, lenient toward benefiting the, the people running them. So that would be, for example, proving, like, um, proving like someone evading tax back then as innocent because it would benefit them and then they wouldn't have to pay extra for that. Mm-hmm. And now that you can't get away with that in this time. That's a, one example. Another example that I could think of would be definitely the, the way of thinking back then. It was a lot less, um, there's a lot less that they had like the resources that they had, they had a lot less of the like study and all of that of governments and stuff. Like they were going from what, um, like monarchies to democracy. So that's already a huge jump. But by now, monarchy is something seen as like ancient, outdated. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot of progression with that that doesn't really match today. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of you said reigns true, and uh, I think that one big thing that we learned was that just ourselves as a uh, um, a simpler country, because we definitely because America itself is a very ethnic, uh, di- ethnically diverse country, uh, but back then it was just a uh, a couple different people from a couple countries or slaves, indigenous people, white people. Um, and I feel like back then, back then we thought um, as white people being superior to other people and that there is a, a very clear, evident social structure between races. But now I think, and now I think we think of ourselves as a uh, equaler country and that we don't have the same, uh, um, same social structure. I mean, it, it, I guess you can still say that sometimes we have it. It's like sometimes it can be kind of visible, but definitely nowhere near as bad as it was back then and uh yeah. last question is um what tv 
slash movie character is America at this time period? And explain why and give examples. Um, for this one, thinking about it, um, so this is like back then where there's like the 16, the 1700s, late 1600s. Um, I feel like a good character that would match up with that would possibly be maybe, um, hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to think of one. It is hard to think of one, because there's you're not gonna find a perfect match anywhere, and I'm trying to think because America back then definitely wasn't perfect and it had its flaws, um, so I feel like a good character that would represent that would honestly be hmm, probably like I wouldn't say Captain America <laughs> because. I guess I guess back then it was really like patriotic and I think that he kind of stands as some for patriotism but at the same time um, you can't really glorify the way that we acted back then but then again Captain America does have his flaws because he does he's really um really uh obviously he's, he's patriotic patriotic and it's like that kind of blinds his uh blinds his um, judgment and I feel like that he's really government-oriented compared to other people. So I guess, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess I'd say Captain America. Uh, what about you? Okay, so I'd say something a bit broader than just one character. So maybe like a show, for example. I think like America could have been encapsulated well by. can't think of any off the top of my head <laughs> but like of course documentaries would be able to represent america but um maybe it it kind of reminds me of the if this counts as a tv slash movie show thing as the play that i did back in fifth, fifth grade <laughs> showing the the revolution <laughs> that that was a, mm-hmm. that was america yeah, America simplified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just thinking about a, a TV movie character is kind of hard because there's so many, and yeah. I feel like nowadays they wouldn't. I mean, I guess I don't know. It's kind of hard to think of one that would show like all the kind of different factors that played into America back then. Um, you probably want to go for a character that wasn't perfect and had a lot of flaws and possibly was treated poorly um but yeah i'm gonna have to go with captain america and you <laughs> go with your uh, revolution play <laughs> yeah This is where we say goodbye. Um, the sources that I used for my answers came from all the lectures that we learned in uh, that Mr. Dorenzo uh, gave us in class, a lot of the slideshows, um, just 
yeah, pretty much just the slideshows and the stuff that he showed us. Um, I did have to look up the Playboy Revolt, and that came uh, just from looking it up. I want to say that it was Britannica. Um, it's probably Britannica. Probably Britannica. Britannica or Wikipedia. Yeah, it was Britannica. Um, that's pretty much all the sources I use. What about you, Ethan? Um, I use Britannica mm-hmm. exclusively. It's just like a really good source for history. Yeah. They definitely lead in that department. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, I've, uh, I'm Ryan Cashmitter. And I'm Ethan Hartman. And that is it for our podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.